0: Motown Rundown, welcome back, welcome in, your home for all things Detroit sports. Today it is Thursday, April 15th. We are recording a little matinee action here in the afternoon. Got my little cup of joe here with me. Fellas, you guys are looking good on the camera here on Zoom. How are we feeling?
1: Feeling great. Feeling great. I went to Brody, got some breakfast. I'm a new man. And Fresh you know it. when you like go to the calf? I mean this is very inside baseball for the people who go to Michigan State or any college at this point. Whenever they have like the they have breakfast, they have usually like a sausage or a bacon, and then they have like the potatoes, and yeah. you don't know what style of potatoes you're getting. And when you get the like good side of potatoes, you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" <laughs> like the dude, home fries, yeah, the home fries, exactly. that. I like. I had those. Yeah. And I was like, they taste like Arby's curly fries. They're incredible. Yeah, they do. It's probably not good
0: for you because they taste like that. But yeah. I know, We're I know so what you're talking good. about. So are they letting you, yeah, I feel like I've asked this question before. Are they letting you sit down and enjoy your meal in the cafeteria? Or they yeah,
1: they but it's like one the food under the, the door.
0: Just shove it under the door and say, here you go. Take it easy.
1: Well, it's like, there's a lot, there's more judgment in the calf when you go up for seconds than there usually is. Yeah. Because you like like know when you, out. like, at sni I would be like, okay, I'm going to get this plate, this plate, this plate, and I'm going to get seconds of the grilled chicken. And yeah. I'll go back and like, can I have three more pieces of grilled chicken? And there's judgment there. Like immediate judgment, but like now it's like if you – because they give it to you in those boxes, revs. Like you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You can eat it in there. They don't give it to you in the place. And if you go back for like a second box, you're like, really? Do you really need more sauce packets of sriracha? I'm like, sorry. I I, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm just – I don't know.
0: Well, the best parts of the calves are you can you can spend a whole day in there. Like if you're bored on a Saturday, like in you're living in Cedar Village, you just walk right across the Snifai and you can kill a good six hours in the calf. Just pull some baseball up on your on your laptop or your phone, and you get to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner in that span. That's a little pro tip for all you kids out there about to head off to college. Uh, Trent, Trent is in Florida. Trent, you are also currently on mute. Don't forget that, Trent. And then there you go. Don't embarrass
2: yourself. Yeah, you, I John? I know how this works. I'm good. Um the Florida sun is no joke, let me tell you. I come in every day and I'm like a lobster. What's the temp at? Just, What's the
0: temp? What's the temp?
2: The temp right now is 85 degrees. That's cool,
0: dude. It's snowing here. It's snowing right now. Is it really? Snowing. April 15th, it's snowing. Oh
2: no, it's not. Swear to god, dude. It's snowing There's... in Novi. Snowing. Oh, Snowing boy. Snowing. So it is snowing in Michigan. That's nice. No, I'm 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 gearing up ready for the last two weeks of school. But this is this is a nice little getaway down here.
0: What are you doing down
2: there? Doing a little reading, doing a little shopping, <laughs> laying out in the sun.
1: Just some <laughs> just, reading. Just oh, some what time. a nerd! Just oh. some art. Just some art. Yeah, uh, art. Pretty much. I'm kidding. Just, what are you got
2: reading?
1: The, nice, old, nice old book.
2: No, Collins. I'm reading the dirt. You know, I, I'm just reading it again.
1: You need to – I'm not kidding, TB. I might, like, borrow that from you. You might love it. What I is know, that? I, I've watched the movie.
2: Dirt? It's the Motley Crew book. It's the Motley Crew book. Oh, my the God. The autobiography. They all write – they take turns writing chapters. It's fantastic oh. material.
0: Talk about – you want to talk about some uh, – here's my little plug for, like, their entertainment portion of our podcast – This weekend, I watched the movie Midsummer. Have either of you seen Midsummer?
1: Yeah, good movie. Heard of
0: it? Never seen it. Legitimately, legitimately, the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I was paralyzed with fear. Then right after that, I followed up with, uh, pardon me. I followed up with uh, Don't Fuck with Cats
1: on Netflix. I I, I've heard that's very good. I've not back to
0: back to back absolute. I like I just put my mind into a pretzel back to back on Friday night insane if you haven't seen well what'd you think of midsummer collins was it not like the most disturbing
1: thing you've ever seen in your entire life well there's no there's some other things well, on the internet mean, well well i it's a good movie it's just a good movie i don't I know mean, i mean it is dude but it's factually the
0: most disturbing thing i've ever seen in my entire life
1: yeah i watched Khan versus godzilla and that oh my god Give me it a break, ruled dude. it ruled dude you know what if you I, can't enjoy king Khan and godzilla fighting like i didn't even watch the movie my roommates watched the first like hour and a half and I just kind of jumped on for like the final fight scene. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like this is this is what I paid. I me. hope like, King I I really hope that in that
0: movie King Kong and Godzilla both died. I am so sick. Oh, of whoa. I'm i I'm sick and tired of all the movies. I really am what,
1: what are you a King Kong guy or Godzilla guy?
0: I don't have a first of all
1: I, okay, I don't think I should have a guy. I'm a King Kong guy.
0: I'm probably King Kong because yeah. Jack Black's in the movie with King Kong that I remember Jack that Black King, guy? That King Kong movie was good with Jack Black. Reds so you have King Jack Black. Black vibes, kind of. Does that like,
1: mean? In I'm like fat? the holiday? No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He's not fat. <laughs> he is fat. He's not not fat. Dude,
1: School of Rock is,
0: is an all-time movie. So
1: that's what's your what's your power rankings of Jack Black movies?
0: Um <laughs> I would say School of Rock's probably number one. What's the one where he's like dating the girl and he sees her? Oh, Hell something? Shallow Hell. Shallow, Shallow solid Hell, solid movie. Shallow Hell's up there. You're not you're not Canada. a holiday guy?
1: You don't like the holiday? I don't
0: think I've seen it.
1: It's a chit flip Christmas movie.
0: That's uh, shocking on Hallmark.
1: No, it's not a Hallmark. It, it's it's not Cameron Diaz, Jude Ball. Pretty decent task. Up oh, and just, TV. Trent just
0: <laughs> Trent just tapped out of his own Zoom meeting.
1: Trent is like very nervous that his Wi-Fi is going to be so you bad can, for this. Body. You can yeah. tell
0: you can tell because like he was very like skittish in the in the intro because he was afraid he was afraid that it was his audio was gonna cut out or whatever. So here he comes. He's coming back in. We're just gonna keep rolling. Trent, I can tell Trent is beside himself. It's okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep pushing on. Um, should we do Detroit sports, Collins? Yes. Is so it time for that?
1: Um, red okay. Wings. Red Wings. Yes. It no, not, I promised folks. one of my buddies that I would sing this podcast because he likes when I sing on the. You podcast. want more
0: time to sing? Should I give you a couple more seconds to sing? No, I, say I'm
1: it gonna five? do. I'm gonna give a good like. Go get them tigers later in the show. So.
0: Okay. All right. Good. Well, that's let's uh, roll into the Red Wings here. Uh, we'll do Red Wings, Pistons, and Tigers today. I first of all, before we get into the Red Wings, the NFL draft is two weeks away from today, folks. I believe so. You got to figure that out next week. Well, next week we'll get <laughs> didn't Trent. On some, realize that. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get Trent on some good Wi-Fi next week, and he'll give us his uh, full breakdown. Trent Trent's gonna have his mock draft through like seven rounds. Like I can just see Trent Trent being one of the guys that like he knows who the Lions are gonna take in the sixth round at pick like two hundred one. Well, oh, we did. Like, yeah, Quintez Cephas. Petra well, yeah, Ari. last year we all said Cephas. Yeah. Yes, that was great. That's actually awesome that we all that we all picked that one. Um, so NFL draft preview coming for you next week. But, um, a trade deadline has come and gone in the NHL. In in hindsight, like hindsight bye, Mantha. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, that's fine. But we probably should have given some type of trade deadline preview last week. I would say um but here's here's the thing and I'll, I'll try to gather my thoughts as i roll into talking about the moves the wings made at the deadline here so in my eyes looking at this deadline and part of the reason why i think it kind of went over our heads to even mention it is i don't i, I would say the pool of players that were untouchable for the red wings was very very small i mean cider wasn't getting moved raymond wasn't getting moved i would probably say too
1: and i i i don't want to did you see those I, reports, Raps, with uh, – I think it was Drager, what he said. I think he said Raymond, Cider, Larkin, everyone else.
0: Yeah, so that's – and I, I totally believe that, and that's that's 100% fair. And I'll even say, too, like I, I would say Cider and Raymond obviously were untouchable for the fact that you haven't even really seen them yet. Um, but even a guy like Larkin, I mean, everyone says in the NHL, like once Gretzky got traded, like everyone's fair game, like Sidney Crosby's come up in trade talks this year. So I guess there's a price for everyone. But with that being said, as you mentioned, Collins, whatever Darren Drager had to say about, you know, if Larkin's the one guy on your roster that was untouchable, fine. Um, so I guess there was really not a lot to preview going into the deadline, um, except for, you know, who the, 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 probably the most valuable trade pieces are Um, So I want to do this in two parts. Number one, I want to talk about the guys that obviously did get traded, and then I want to talk about the guys that didn't get traded and what that means for the future. So I guess I'll I'll backtrack here to go for the the first of three trades the Red Wings made. Um, This one was back on April 9th. Uh, The Wings trade defenseman Patrick Nemeth to the Colorado Avalanche for a fourth-round pick in 2022. Um, In my eyes... Yeah. Like, cool. No, that's, that's totally, that's a totally fair reaction. Um, I, to, to Patrick Nemeth's credit, um, the, this last couple of years, I would say outside of Philip Peronik, he's really been the anchor of this Red Wings defensive core. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. It just is what it is. Uh, I think they brought him in here to do just that. Uh, Nemeth came from Colorado. So Colorado's a team in my mind too, that I really don't think had to make any moves they felt comfortable with that team to like go make a Stanley cup run like that team. When they're on, they're on, um, especially defensively. I mean, Cal McCarr, Samuel Girard, um, they, they have a def- Bowen Byram too. Like their defensive core is so rock solid, but you bring back a guy in Patrick Nemeth who's already played for the avalanche. Uh, they did the same thing too, with taking a, uh, they went out and got Carl Soderberg back from Chicago. So they bring in two guys there that have already played for the team that are familiar with the, with the, uh, with some of the players in the room. And I just think Patrick Nemeth is a guy for you. If you're Colorado, that uh, really bolsters up your defensive core. And he's probably going to be a, a third pair defenseman because of how good that decor is. Um, but to have that kind of depth rolling into the playoffs and a guy that really, I mean, Patrick Nemeth's defensive game, I think really goes under the radar and he, he really can add, you know, not that he's going to light up the score sheet, but he he has some some offensive production that you might not expect out of him. So, if you're the Red Wings here, I mean, cl- clearly, and, and this I guess would kind of go into my second part about guys that didn't get moved. You, you just have to find you know what the market looks like and 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 who you can get you know value for. I mean, there were probably other defensemen like Mark Stahl on the roster that you know you you kind of have this pipe dream of, like maybe a team will come calling for Mark Stahl and you can flip him for a fifth-round pick and eat half of his salary. Clearly, that wasn't the case. Um, I don't know if there were any offers on Mark Stahl. I wouldn't know. No, because there were But so that's where a guy like Patrick Demeth comes into play where you're probably fine holding on to him for the rest of the year. And I'm sure he would sign elsewhere, but um, to get a fourth round pick in 2022, totally fine. I think a third round pick was a stretch. Fourth round pick is, is absolutely fine. And, you know, as we'll talk about with the wings getting draft picks and draft capital is huge. Even if you, even if you end up, just looking at that pick, like that's a pick that can get packaged and flipped. Like by all means, you know, all draft picks are good draft picks. Um, next trade came a couple days later. Uh, John Merrill, defenseman, was traded to Montreal in exchange for a fifth-round pick in this year's upcoming draft. Um, I think, cool. and I've I've seen people on Twitter say that this this was a very very underrated move in the I league. I saw that too. And I, I totally didn't get agree. that. I would totally agree. I think John. Why? John Why Merrill do you say is, that? Because as a guy that's played on, you know, John Merrill has been around the league. I mean, he spent time with the Devils. He was on a very, very good Vegas team that made a significant run um, in the playoffs a a year or two ago. But John Merrill is another guy, too, who I actually think could play in that top four on on a – on Montreal, to be honest with you. I just think he's a, he's a shutdown defenseman. He's so competent in, in, in his own end. That's not a guy who's going to add offense to your, to your defensive core. And I get that, but to a fifth round pick for Montreal, who is a team that I think the GM over there is, is, is probably, if they don't make a significant impact in the playoffs this year, I think he's, he's under some, some fire as, as far as he might be out of there come next year. So I think Montreal makes a play here where it's like, what are you losing in a 2021 fifth round pick? You go get John Merrill. It just, again, it's all about depth. It's all about depth. It's about solidifying your roster. Guys get hurt, guys get COVID. Um, but I think John Merrill will play some, you know, reasonable minutes. Um, and again, for the wings, uh, John Merrill was one of the guys that strikes me is when he was signed here for his one year deal. You're hoping that he plays well enough to achieve track the eyes at the deadline and you can flip them. So John Merrill served his purpose here. I think it's cool that he got to come back and play in the state that he went to college at and and, and, at U of M. Um, I would say too, and this could be a long shot, I think between John Merrill and Patrick Nemeth, I could 100% see one of those guys coming back for another year next year. I don't know why. It might not be Nemeth. I think if Nemeth has a good run here with the Avalanche going into the playoffs, he could actually sign like a two-, three-year deal somewhere. Um, but I think a guy like John Merrill who might not be getting the offers that he might anticipate, it, it, and depending on how his, the rest of his season finishes up, I could see him coming back here for a year um, and just adding some, some depth to the Red Wings' uh, defensive core. So is. Uh, now – Huh? (laughs) What'd you say? Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) All right. Now we'll get to the trade that Ryan Collins is all giddy about. Bye.
1: Bye. I have to say Mantha. So let's so smell ya.
0: Let's let's backtrack here. Um, so Anthony Manta obviously traded to Washington. Um, we talked on this podcast, I wanna say it could have been up to a month ago, about the prospect of Anthony Manta being moved. And this was back when Pierre-Luc Dubois was was moved over to Winnipeg, and I, there were some rumors or you know just just talk out there in the atmosphere about would you be willing to move Anthony Mantha for Pierre luc Dubois? And the question was, I, I think it was a matter of like I'm trying to think of like what the package was that I kept seeing about like Mantha and like two second rounders or whatever. But but that's neither here nor there. So. I think we all kind of knew in the back of our minds, as you said, Collins, like Manta was one of those guys that if the price was right, he could get moved. Um, and that's clearly what happens here. And and I have to say, and this is not just me being a homer. I don't know who in, in, in the world looks at this trade and goes, the Red Wings lost this trade. I, I, and that's, again, it's not, it's not me being a homer. I'm just looking at the totality of the package. So to get to the actual package, Anthony Manta obviously traded to Washington and return the wings get a 2021 first round pick a 2022 second round pick Jacob Vrana and Richard Panic. so I guess we can go piece by piece here first of all to look at the picks I know that Washington is now all set up to make a pretty significant run at the cup again I think they could get it done um, so with that being said obviously the 2021 first round pick is going to be a late pick but Again, you can package that with another pick. You can try to move up in the first round. A first round pick is a first round pick. I don't care if it's 30th. I don't care if it's third. It's a first round pick. You're going to be getting a good, uh, assuming that you hit on the pick, a good talent in the first round. So all first round picks are good picks. Second round pick in 2022. Now I believe you have two second round picks um, next year, if I'm not mistaken, in the second round. Um, and just continuing to add to whatever I think they have 12 picks in this year um, wh- whatever the number is of how many picks they have it's just absolutely absurd but those two picks hold significant amount of weight as it is now we look at the players involved in the trade Richard Panic comes over um, that to me was more so just a salary dump for the Capitals it's not like Richard Panic is making five million dollars a year um, I'm trying to find his cap it yeah so he, he makes like god wow 2.75 and he's on the books for two more years after this one so that's going to be an interesting thing to see how the wings handle that contract but i think that was probably a move just to a make the money work for the caps uh and two just to get a guy off their books who really wasn't adding much to the roster uh panic's been around the block i mean he's been on to Chicago,
1: as my roommate would say
0: Yeah. I mean, Chicago, he played his most games in Chicago. I think he had about 150 games played in Chicago. Um, I could pull up his numbers real quick. Yeah. 68 points in 149 games. So that was clearly the best years of his career. Um, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Washington. I think he spent a year in Toronto as well, like way early on. Um, But Richard panics, a guy whose numbers are not going to jump out at you. I just think it's a guy that you can throw in your bottom six. He has experience. Um, You know, he's, I, I don't like, I, this is not where wings fans are getting excited, right? Like it's just a matter of a guy that's making the money work. He's a, he's a competent player. He's been around the league. He's 30 years old. So I know the I know wings fans are probably sick and tired of seeing guys 29, 30, 31 years old, just taking up minutes in the bottom six, but it is what it is. So probably a guy's going to get bounced from the taxi squad, be in the lineup and whatnot, but either way, let's look at Jacob Vrana. So in my eyes, when I saw this trade, on, on the side of Washington, I was like, wow, these guys really pressed on this trade. I, it, it kind of felt like it was a panic move for whatever reason. They felt like they needed a guy that can just like get production in Manta who obviously Manta is a goal scorer by trade, but to give up Verana and the first round pick and the second round pick, it was kind of, you're kind of scratching your head. Like maybe there's more to the story. I read briefly that from Washington's perspective, there were questions about, you know, Verona. like, did he, was he getting frustrated from being here? Because you look at that lineup, like in Washington, they are loaded. So Jacob Vrana, who's a guy that's a very, very highly skilled player, great speed. He's very good on both ends of the ice. That's the guy that was getting buried on your third line because of just how good your top six was. So to that point about, you know, you'll, you, you might read something in the news about like, oh, his body language. He was frustrated, whatever. Jacob Vrana is having a very, very good year. 25 points in 39 games. He's a plus nine. Every single season, this guy has played in the league. And he's been in the league for five years now. He's a plus. His plus minus rating is a plus. And it's not like, you know, I mean, I'm looking at plus two, plus two, plus 20, plus three, plus nine. But you look at a guy like Anthony Manta, who it feels like leads the league in the having the worst plus minus who i think anthony mantha this year is a minus 14 i mean so that right there like you make up for and, and you, you want to see the plus side of jacob brown he can play both ends of the ice so to people that are like upset about the anthony Manta thing i guess there, there's
1: zero An- people
0: well i think that people like anthony mantha is one of those guys that whether you like him or you hate him, was a part of your Red Wings core. And you draft him in the first round, and he's one of those guys where it's just like, okay, Anthony Mantha was drafted, and you see him play. This guy is supposed to be a guy that's going to carry your team in the future. And I just think it got to a point where the Red Wings were kind of frustrated with Manta like not taking that next step. And obviously the guy can score goals. No one, no one's questioning Anthony Manta's ability to score goals. I will say too, you know, in the last couple of years, Anthony Manta has been a kind of banged up like he does miss time here and there. Um, but I just think it, it goes back to what we talk about all the time with Manta. You have to play, all three zones. You have to play both ends of the ice, offensive and defensive. And Anthony Manta, as good as he can be, there are nights where you watch him and you're like, dude, like, where are you? Like he becomes invisible. So that's where I think Wings fans would get frustrated. I think management would get frustrated. And to Manta's credit, first game with the Caps, goal and assist. And to me, I'm not looking at the rest of Anthony Manta's career. And if he has this unbelievable success as being like wow the wings blew that one he's he is the textbook guy of like maybe he just needs a fresh start I can imagine and, and, and I've even said myself I don't think Manta cares to be in Detroit and when you're a young guy like that and you're trying to find your footing and you're trying to have production in the league and you're playing on a team that's just not that good and you now have to carry the load by yourself and all eyes are on you it can ruin a lot of guys' confidence. Number two, but I. And then number two, I think that he just probably gets frustrated. Like this team's not good. Like it doesn't matter what I do. Like we're not going to win. And being the underdog, come like every night, like every night in, every night out, you're constantly the underdog. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily blame Anthony Mantha for being checked out. So for not
1: trying, you don't. Well, you, I don't want to. For say, not having I mean, a stick on the ice, not even giving any effort in the D zone for like his entire career. I'd I like the think that
0: he's trying. I just don't think this co- the compete level is always. I understand.
1: Revs, can we? I I want to like push this forward and get your take on this. Do you think this is like? Just I really think this is a not a defining. I, I mean, we will never know unless like something like these first round picks end up to be like the Nets like Zedevard or something like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like well, we not will not know that right now, but like. I think it's a, like a defining moment in Steve Eisman's like GM ten year so far because it's like, okay, guys, we're gonna start making moves now. Like it, 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 we're done, we're done waiting and seeing what we have. This young poor. this is my team, and I'm gonna fucking make some moves. I'm t- I'm not gonna wait around anymore for Mantha to get his head out of his ass. I, and and I, I I see the potential and I understand it. And he probably the thing about Mantha, I'm saying all this stuff about Mantha. He's gonna be awesome for the Capitals. I really do think that he will be productive. I do think they gave up way too much. I just, I I don't think that it it, it was necessary for them to give up that many pieces, but I feel like the capitals at this point, they understand their window is like the next two to three years. So they're like, might as well go out and just like, like, why not? You know what I mean? But like, I truly think like from a standpoint of Steve Eisman saying like, okay, we're going to start doing some stuff now. I think this is the first mover. It's like, Oh, okay, I, I, I'm starting to see some sort of vision for what Irishman's plan is. in that future. Cause I, I feel like the last two years, you really haven't been able to get a sense of that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think to your point, and I think, I guess to, the, to put it in my terms, like, this is the first trade that Eiserman has made where it's not like, oh, it's just a guy on an expiring contract. It's like, oh, it's not thing. just
1: uh, Vanek for trade, getting traded for the 90th time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yes, to your point, correct. I think that the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman have are, are kind of their patience has run out with Anthony Manta. And like I just like I said, you know, waiting for him to take that next step. So as a guy that was a first round pick, does it suck to see him go? It's like, yeah, because you as a Red Wings fan, you wanted him to be the guy. You wanted him to take the step as a first round pick to be a guy that can play, you know, every night on your first line. And he can. But as you said, Collins, the the defensive liability that he is and just the inconsistencies in his play. I think was really starting to just wear on everyone. So you move Manta and and I want to talk about Verana before I move into the guys that maybe didn't get moved. Jacob Verana coming in. I'm going to read you Anthony Manta's stat line and Anthony Manta is a year older than Jacob Verana. 303 games played for Anthony Manta, 96 goals and hundred assists for 196 points. Jacob Verana, Again, 25 years old, 284 games played, 76 goals, 81 assists for 157 points. He's also a plus 36 in his career to Mantha's minus 26. So to be honest with you, this trade one for one, I'm really like not scratching my head, to be completely honest with you. You're, you are not losing all that much production in going to get Jacob Vrana. I would say there are many, many, many people in the league that would tell you that Jacob Vrana is a better player than Anthony Manta. Highly skilled, great speed, very competent at both ends. So Red Wings fans should be excited about watching Jacob Vrana. It's like a tale of two cities here. Vrana comes in off of a team that was absolutely loaded. And, and sure, we have yet to see... Jacob Vrana, like, can he be a guy that goes out and makes things happen without the supporting cast of Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, Kuznetsov, like all those guys? That's a fair question. But you bring him in as a guy that that will now get more minutes. He'll get more time on the ice to, to make things happen versus an Anthony Mantha who might be playing in a smaller role, but his supporting cast could probably boost his game significantly. So I'm excited for Jacob Rona to be here. You should be too, you should be too as a Wings fan. Both of these guys, Mantha and Vrana, their career high in goals on a season, is both 25. So Eiserman said it himself: like Vrana's a guy that comes in who is just essentially replacing Manta. And I think the Red Wings fans are going to like a lot of what they see of Jacob Rana's game because he does play the two-way game very well. To me, if I'm Washington, I just look at it as like they, they want a guy that's a proven goal scorer on that third line, second line, whatever it may be. I think Mantha's a bit more of a natural goal scorer than Verana is, but also at a, at a 6'5", 235 frame in Manta. They play in a brutal division this year, and they're going to be in the playoffs where you need guys that can that can bang and bruise, not that Mantha is like some – ungodly like third line like checking forward but he is a power forward to an extent so that's why i think the deal was done for washington i think they were just pressing a little bit and it just gives a guy an opportunity to play in a smaller role that's been playing in a big role here in detroit um so that's the move i mean i i'm i think the red wings get an get an a at the trade deadline as far as guys that didn't get moved I know. Um, oh, Hayden! I, I forgot to mention too. Hayden Verbeek came over. And I believe it was the Nemeth trade. I have to go look that up. But Hayden Verbeek's the nephew of uh, Assistant GM Pat Verbeek here in Detroit. So that's that's not a guy that you're going to see play. in at its
1: finest. My but, column. I, I
0: mean, I mean, you're, you're not going to see him play <laughs> for the Wings, really, in, in my opinion. Um, I think Hayden Verbeek actually came over in the Montreal trade. So um, that's that. But as far as guys that didn't get moved. Um, first of all, with the goalies, I know there was mention of like, are they going to move Bernier? If they were to move one of these goalies, I don't know if you could watch a, a single game the rest of the year. Like you, like you have, you have two guys in net that at least keep you in games and the wings, like as of late, like haven't been like horrible, you know, you're now you're starting to see with Nemeth and Merrill getting moved. Lindstrom has been called up. Chalowski has been called up. They just sent Giovanni Smith back down, which makes me sick, but it is what it is because you bring panic over. So, you, you know, you're, you're, you, now you're starting to see this move of like, okay, you know, this was what Steve Eisenman was planning to do all along. You move a couple defensemen, you allow those two guys that you were looking at all year, like, why aren't they up here? Now they're getting their time. So as far as guys that, that are still left to be had, I mean, look at all the guys that come off the books after this year, Helm, Filipula. Glenn Denning. I would like to see them bring Luke Glenn Denning back. I could imagine that they would. Um, Sam Gagne will be off the books. Mark Stahl will be off the books, Biega off the books. So the bottom line here is this. You could sit here all day and, and look at all the guys I mentioned and say, why aren't all these guys getting moved? And at, at the end of the day, you have to put a team on the ice. So to just to go ahead and move all these guys, because they're old and unproductive, like your Nielsen's like your Helms, um, like, you know, whatever you want to throw in that conversation, you still got to put a team on the ice and to just call up a bunch of guys from the AHL for the sake of getting young guys playing time just really isn't feasible and sustainable when you still have a good chunk of games left to play. So this team is going to look a lot different next year, guys. And Jacob Rana, who I believe is an RFA after this year, I have to imagine that he will be signed to a deal similar to Mantha's deal. and, And he'll just step into that role, assuming that he, Still wants to be here. I think that would really suck if he if you let him walk. Um, given that you just gave up a very good player in Manta for him, um, but even Adam Ernie, who now leads your team in goals, who's an RFA after this year, they might bring him back for another year or two. So this team's going to look a lot different. I give the Red Wings an A at this at this trade deadline. You acquired some picks. You know, you acquired a first and a second round pick, and now you're going to see what Jacob Bruna can do. Who knows? He can come in here be an absolute stud, and you're licking your chops and just laughing all the way to the bank with moving Mantha. So, good trades all around. I really, I know I've been talking for an hour now, so that's all I have to say about the Red Wings so far.
1: Red Wings, yeah. I, I don't know. I have nothing more to add. You hit that perfectly. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of exciting. This is the it first. Is. Mo- it's the first time you're like, okay. And I love how everyone, it's everyone's like, yeah. It's just like a sure thing that like Eisman's gonna figure this out. Like, he's just a very competent human being.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, you can't, it's not
1: it's, like an alibi of situation or like, right, where you're like, I, it might work out. Like, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but like, I, I it, mean, like
1: Eisman, you're like, you know, his track record, he's been around like the best. Like, I don't know. He'll figure it out. I'm
0: not sure. To, certain. Certain, to a certain extent, too. I mean, you, you, you can't just, look at every trade the guy makes and goes, Oh, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I, yeah. but that's the thing though, is like, I objectively think that every, every, most of the moves or all the moves that have been made. Like make sense to me. I just, what's going to be very interesting this off season is to see who gets, who gets re-signed and, and who they feel confident about playing, Next year and honest to God, you know, I think Michael Rasmussen's taken taking a bit of a step. I hope they bring Svechnikov back. I hope they bring Rasmussen back because Rasmussen's only 21 years old. I know people are frustrated with him because it's like, dude, I feel like he got drafted a decade ago. Like, can you at least stick in the lineup? So we'll see. But good trade deadline for the Red Wings. I'll stop talking about the Wings. I know there's Pistons stuff to get to before we talk about the Tigers. So we'll get Trent back in the mix. What do you got for Pistons?
2: Oh, Basically, yeah. I just, first of all, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yes, great. Great RB, to hear your okay, voice, Rob.
0: No, I,
2: I, thank you. No, it's great to listen to you guys. Um, let me, let me just at least give a little wellness check on our Pistons here. There's not a ton to talk about. I just want to inform the Killian. people, as there are now about 20 games left in the season. Killian Hayes has returned, and he now is averaging six points a game since his return, even though there are two outliers. He didn't even score versus the Knicks, and he had just two versus the Trailblazers. But he's shooting the ball at 40%. He had a seven assist game. He had a six assist game. So some of this is starting to come to fruition, at least for Killian Hayes. Sadiq Bey now on the season is averaging 11 points on 41%. And that's 38% from three. So he's probably going to make the L rookie first team. I don't know. Or second team. Uh, You know, Troy Weaver really hit on that. Isaiah Stewart now averaging 7.6 rebounds on 58%. He had a nice 16 to 13 double double while shooting eight of 10. Last Thursday versus the Kings, the Pistons actually won that game. And there's one quick point I want to make about these guys, because some people, you know, who don't necessarily aren't Pistons lifers, they don't watch the games night to night on a basis and all that kind of stuff. If you look at Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Sekou Demboya for 36 minutes, uh, their numbers are pretty good. So it's just a matter of them getting playing time. Uh, Sadiq Bey is averaging 16 points for 36 minutes. Stewart's averaging 12 and 11 for 36 minutes. And Seku is averaging 11 and 6. So those guys just need minutes. And I think that's kind of the one gripe that we've had all season long. And we've talked about it with Dwayne Casey, so I won't harp on it. But at this point, and Collins, I'd be interested to see if you agree or disagree. But this is the last thing I have to say. I think your young core definitively is Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, Seku Deboya, and Isaiah Stewart. And then guys who are maybe a part of your future who aren't necessarily your young core but can definitely be bench pieces are Josh Jackson, Dennis Smith, Jr., Jeremy Grant, and uh, Diallo. I don't even know how to pronounce his first name. Hamadou Um,
1: Hamadou
2: Diallo. So there you go. And then there are also just guys that just need to get off the team as soon as possible, but it probably won't happen. That's Wayne Ellington, Mason Plumlee, Jaleel Okafor, Corey Joseph, guys who just eat minutes. And, you know, when I'm talking about all these young guys who just need to play like 36 minutes a game. Those guys need to get cut. But anyways, that that's just where I'm at with the Pistons. Council,
1: what do you think? TB, I watched the Clippers, the first Clippers game on Sunday night, and I swear to God, every time I watch Wayne Ellington looks like the best basketball player in the world. It's like <laughs> I watch, I watch like every fourth Pistons game, and I'm like, um, why is Wayne Ellington like eight for eight from the field right now? It's just like it's bizarre. But um, I would agree with that. I think the big takeaway with Killian being bad did probably three games I've watched. I think he's only played in three games and he, what's it called? He didn't play on Sunday, that Clippers game I watched. But what I've seen from him, he, I just kind of forget how big he is. Like he's a bigger dude. Like he really is. And he can defend. I like what he brings on the defensive side of the, like the basketball. Um, and I think he is such a good passer that if the Pistons were to get a top three pit this year, I would be pretty comfortable with them taking a dart because I could think, I think Killian could adjust to that nicely, because I I I don't think he's like a guy's like okay I'm gonna go fill it up or my offensive game is gonna be something like that. I don't think he's like that cornerstone guy right now, and this is a very small sample size, but I like he gives you a lot of options what you can do in this year's draft, and I think we've seen from like Stewart and I mean Bay is just really good. Like Bay is just like yeah. he's going to be, like he's going to be a part of your future. Like he will be a starter on a, your team. You and then that's two to three years that you're hoping to make the playoffs. You Know what I mean? Like I, I unless something happens injury, like we've talked about Bay enough. He's a stud. Um Stewart, nice piece. Um, I like Saban Lee coming off the bench. I, I think he could be a productive player for you going forward. I mean they kind of like and then Grant whatever, because I think they're going to re-sign him or extend him. I know he just got this deal, but for them not to trade him for two first-round picks, this trade deadline has to say something that they're looking towards the future with Jeremy Grant, and he's not old or anything. So, I don't know. I I think you're right. I I, I don't think we're both not making hot takes or anything, but it's just – it's – the Pistons are going to be good. Like, I I actually want to say this. Like, I'm not, like – Teams that I'm, like, the Redwoods don't have the pieces in place, but I trust Steve Eiserman. The Tigers, we're going to talk about them later. I was like, they might have the pieces in place. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like, unless something, injury, something happens, I think the Pistons are in the playoffs in two years. I think they're young towards that good. And I think the past- right, I agree with you because you, I, like and I think to-
2: think the point guard, you've got the swingman and Sekou, yeah. you've got the three and D guy and Sadiq Bay, and then your hustle guy in Stewart. and Stewart. You can also play small ball center. So I completely if, agree with you. Like modern NBA, yeah, they have the makeup.
1: If they get a top five pick, and they get, I'm getting like vibes that we're gonna end up with Jalen Green, which whatever, I don't care. But like, say they get good draft luck this year, and they like, you get one of those guys who's like, you don't know if he's gonna be like an All NBA or and stuff like that, a franchise defining guy. But a guy who's probably gonna play in the league for seven to eight years for a lock and it's gonna be a productive player. I just you add that, you add the cap space they're gonna have going forward. They're gonna make the playoffs in two years. I think people need to get more accustomed to the fact that the Pistons like are gonna be very not very good, but they're gonna be good, a lot like twi- a lot quicker than people seem. Like, I think they could compete for an eight seed next year if they hit on yep, I agree. Like, I like if you watch the Pistons. Like, they lose a lot of games. They're competitive. they really are. They're not like they play hard. And, and you yeah, see, all time, job.
2: all time tank job against the Clippers last yeah. night. You see that? Yeah. They Up did it nine two, with five minutes left.
1: Dude, they tanked uh, the first Clippers game. They were yeah. shooting like 75% from the field in the second half, the Pistons. And they're like, okay, we need to relax. Like, like, <laughs> like let's just <laughs> yeah, not I do don't. this. But I, I don't know. I just think people need to realize that the Pistons are going to be. A lot better than, a lot better, shorter than what people think. Like people are like, oh, in four years, and then next year you're going to be like, wow, this team is somehow like in the mix for the eight seed, which is not like something special in the NBA. But I'm just saying they're going to be competitive a lot quicker than I think people are thinking.
2: Agree. And when you have a young team that's an eight seed, it's a lot better that, and a lot sexier than it is when you have Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and Reggie uh, Jackson, and you're the eight seed. So. It is what it is. Future's bright, Collins. I completely agree with you. And that is all I have for the Pistons.
0: All right. Well, let's get on to the Tigers here, and then we will go. Trent, do you have a trifecta today?
2: I do, but, you know, yes. if, we, if we're running no, long, we're we, can it, running we can cut it. We're
0: doing it. Hey, okay, we're doing uh,
2: it. All right.
0: It. Tigers uh, coming off the heels of a 6-4 win in Houston last night. Uh, nice sweep for the Tigers, too. I know that the Astros at 6-6 six and six this year, it's – it ain't all that impressive. They're not the Astros, circa whatever the World Series championship was with AJ Hinch, um, but that lineup nonetheless is still dangerous. I know they were missing a bunch of guys last night, which is also why got to take the Tigers money line at plus one sixty eight. Every game, um, but uh, six and six now for the Tigers in an AL Central that is pretty much all jammed up. Everyone's got like the same record. The Twins are like five and seven. The Tigers and Sox are six and six. The Indians and Royals might be six and four. So, still, uh, still too close to call here through a twelve games for the Tigers as far as where they stack up with the rest of the division. Because I think all these teams so far have been kind of hot and cold. Um, my my first thing I want to talk about from from last night is I got to tip my cap to Michael Fulmer who gets his first win, I believe, since like sometime in twenty eighteen. They were saying. Um, five innings, three hurt, three hits, two earned, one walk, two strikeouts. Yes, Ryan Collins.
1: I hate to interrupt you about Michael Fulmer's performance, but was anyone else shocked and appalled when he took his hat off and he had no hair?
2: Oh, his his hairline, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I was
1: shocked. I was absolutely yeah. perplexed. I was like, I thought Michael Fulmer had a full head of hair. Hey, like, what happened? to? Did you like? Did you know that that he was bald? No. It was shocking. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was a shocking moment.
0: (laughs) Um, But uh, I think the positive here for Michael Fulmer and like, you know, I think we talked about it last week about just the sentiment of, I got to sit here and watch Jose Urania go out every fifth, sixth day when I could be watching Michael Fulmer. Do I think that they're going to keep Michael Fulmer as a starter? Probably not. I think once the te- uh, Tehran is, is healthy and they can go back to their usual five men, especially once Turnbull comes back, I don't think that Michael Fulmer is just going to be, you know, they're going to hold on to him in the starting rotation. It just is what it is. Um, but I think that's at least very good for his confidence that, yeah, he can throw 95 miles per hour and do it for five close to six innings. I think they pulled him out at the perfect time. Could he have gone one more inning? Probably. Um, but that's got to be great for his confidence. So good for Michael Fulmer. I think his stuff looks really good, too. I mean, everything he throws is with so much you know, power. It's such an aggressive. His breaking His breaking stuff is so aggressive, too. Um, and, and to see where he was at last year on a pitch count at throwing, you know, 93 at his average speed. And now his average is more so to where it was before his Tommy John surgery. Um, that's just awesome. As far as the rest of the Tigers go for me. Um, Daniel Norris struggled a bit Only pitched a third of an inning Two hits, one earned, one walk um, That sucks Every time I watch Daniel Norris pitch I literally sit on the edge of my seat Like it's game seven of the World Series Because I've put a lot of stock in Daniel Norris And I know that every time that he pitches poorly I'm just waiting for the text from Ryan Collins That yeah, like this guy stinks Like I've seen enough But Dude,
1: I I, I like Daniel Norris But like And I, he was good last year But like you acted like we'd never give him a shot. I'm like he's got a lot of run. I just We're, think he can
0: start. I did. I just wanted. I wanted him to work out as a starter. That's what it was. But I you think got the some, you,
1: is- you like his style. You're like if that, Raps is like if I was in the league, I would have the chest hair popping, the high socks, the tight pants. Like that's That, that, that you just number. like his vibe. The numbers great. The hair,
0: yes, correct. I I understand that. I will I will admit that. Um, so Buck Farmer comes in in relief, two thirds of an innings. I was I texted my uh my group chat with my dad and my uncles. I was like, this is not necessarily the spot that I care to see Buck Farmer. Yeah, no thank you. And he was great. So uh, to his his credit, like awesome, two thirds of an inning there. Alex Lang, how about this kid? I like his stuff. Throws gas. He throws gas. He's huge too. So I think his stuff has been has been pretty good uh, so far. It's nice to see a guy like him get a chance. Um, and then you go to the back half of the bullpen, and this is where like it just at, at any given night, it's like rolling the dice of like who's getting seven, eight, nine innings. You know what I mean? It's like you could see Cisnero in the seventh. They tried to throw him out in the ninth. You could see Soto in the ninth. You could see him in the eighth. So obviously, the Tigers, in typical Tiger fashion, have to make you sweat out the last two innings. Um, Soto actually was able to get out of it, which was nice. And then Cisnero comes in, um, gives up a hit, earned run, two walks. I think he threw like five straight balls too, which was just brutal to watch. But Brian Garcia comes in, two strikeouts with no outs, uh, the one walk, which which walked in a run, but he gets the job done. And as I said earlier this year, I think that's the guy that's going to be the closer at the end of the year. I think Soto's the eighth inning guy. I like to see Garcia in the ninth. He's got some unreal stat too about like, I think in like 13, 13 chances that he's come into a game with runners on base, like none of them have scored until until I think uh, the walk that walked in a run um, last night. But then looking at the batting order, I mean Akil Badu, like I I feel so it's bad. It's getting
1: it's getting ridiculous at this it's, point. It's
0: getting it's getting yeah. real is what it's getting. I think Semo's Simo's comment comparing him to Yeah, like, he's
1: Barry Bombs. <laughs> like that.
0: That's like I. I don't need to hear that. I mean, that was just.
1: I love that was simo. just disingenuous. I, I know that him. was
0: just ridiculous. Though that's that's horrible.
1: I, he's he's, to, he's been. He's been. Dude, simo has been burning the fits the last couple of days. Oh, he That always green does. suit he had on, I was like, geez.
0: He always does, but Akil Badu has just been fantastic. I, I need to sorry, to hop sorry,
1: on. Utes. sorry, I chirped you before the year.
0: I need to hop on getting the jersey somewhat soon, but...
1: um, No, 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 no.
2: Don't get the jersey because he's probably going to change his number next year. You think so? He's number I don't 60. think he is. Yeah. I don't he, think he maybe is. Maybe he likes 60. Well, maybe he's he nuts. said he's going to stick hey, with can,
1: it. That's why.
2: Do you guys think there's immense pressure on Jacoby Jones? Because I think so. Yes.
0: Okay, so that's so that's, that's where I wanted this to, to, to come into. And I think I started to say poor Victor Reyes at the hands of Akil Badu because... I, I, honest to God, thought Jacoby Jones was, like, on the injured list. I see him so infrequently. So, he comes in last night um, in a pinch-hitting role for for Mazzara, who went out with a little bit of an injury. But I just – I don't know, man. I, I no longer have – this is – and this is literally, like, aside from the pitching of, like, I don't need to see Rainier. I'd like, I'd rather have Fulmer in the rotation. This is the only gripe I have with the team so far this year. Like other than Jonathan Scope made a horrible error at first base. He's been ass to start the year too, by the way.
1: Yeah.
2: Ass. Not
0: good. Ass. Not good. So I even like I'm over the whole Nico Goodrum playing thing, like whatever. Like I get trying I to try to get it's guys big in.
1: Hits, though, now. Um, Nico. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's been fine. Like he hasn't been he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible. But dude, this this outfield thing. I, I just feel so bad. I, Jacoby Jones, like looks dejected. Like he's like, why am I like, I get that Akil Badu has been fantastic, but like, why can I not just play center field every day? Like I, I, and
2: well, listen, he, he can't hit. I think that's, that's the problem. He can,
0: he's I know, but he can hit. He has,
2: can he has, he has three, he has three hits through 12 games. And I, I'm just, I'm, I like him. I'm just trying to – you know, I think we all get it now. Like, Akil Badu's hitting 370. Akil Badu is six years younger. So, it's kind of like – I just – yeah, and dejected is a good word, Rabs, because I think that Jacoby Jones just is, like, kind of defeated almost. Like, I thought he was going to be your one centerpiece in the outfield that was actually, like, going to play every single day. Like, not Grossman, not Reyes. Like, it was going to be Jacoby Jones every day.
1: Grossman can't – I don't understand – like we, Grossman's the one guy we play in the outfield every day. And I know Padu's yeah, getting the, that, like the, he's played every day. In you the have Houston's to play third.
2: him
0: every day. No,
1: no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, right, think I know they, you're not, but I'm just, yeah. I, I just, I don't, they'd say, okay, we gotta get Grossman in the Mets. I'm like, um, I would appreciate a leadoff hitter making contact with the ball. I, I, I understand, like, he gets on base, he's under that, whatever. And he had, he had a, I think he had a nice second game of the series.
0: He had two hits last night. Did he? Yep, two hits, uh, RBI, and a run.
1: I don't know. I just he. If you're gonna do the whole mismatch, then just do it between Grossman and Jones and Reyes. You know, like n- not like. I don't need a Grossman like being our lockdown piece in outfield. I said this last week, though. I I, I don't. Need well, to see I
0: it. we we always talk about this being like a good problem to have, but the more I like watch this team i isn't really a guys. good problem though but i mean akil badu now factually like has to play every day like you're yes. you're an idiot if you don't play him every day now if he happens, and again baseball like water always finds its level is this guy going to be batting 370 at the end of the year probably not no so if it comes to a point where it's like okay you know like he's not on anymore like let's pump the brakes here i get it but he has to play every single day. But now you we get into this conversation about, like, Robbie Grossman. And, like, yeah, two hits last night, awesome. Like, he's, he's not a guy that you brought in to hit 300. But he gets on base, like, all the time. And that's the thing that's, like, frustrating, even though I love it is like you almost can't pull him out of the lineup because he's he's a plus defender and you he gets on base like he does exactly what you need to as a leadoff hitter but now now where you are sacrificing this whole point of the rebuild is you keep trying to plug Mazzara in right field who to his credit has had a good enough bat that warrants him playing and it's like logic says okay then dh him but you can't because you can't play miggy at first every day and now that miggy's hurt it's like okay you bring up, Renato Nunez. Does Renato Nunez really have to like DH and play? Like, can can Mazzara not just DH, please? I don't know. And dude, let I Reyes Nunez play Nunez, in the though. outfield. Oh, Nunez has looked good. But, but He's dude, you. Good. Victor Reyes, Victor Reyes is batting 111 with no at bats, and yeah. you look at that number, and it's like if you want to go by analytics, you're like, well, why would you play him? He's not hitting. He, you need to, you need to get him at the plate. It's just the bottom line. Same thing with Jacoby Jones. I know he's got like three hits this year, but he's not playing every day. That's what baseball hold, is. You get to on. that rhythm. You get comfortable in the box. Like, you, these two guys need to play. I don't know what you do with Grossman. I don't know what you do. But this is what happens when you're Al Avila and you try to commit to this rebuild and you try to get young guys' opportunities to play. And every single year, you bring in more guys just to crowd the outfield and crowd the
2: lineup or crowd the pitching staff. It drives me nuts. Nuts. Here's what, here's what I think should happen, okay? Like, I, I would prefer... I would prefer the outfield to be Akil Badu in left, Jacobian in center, and Reyes in right. Yeah, I think that's every, kind of yeah, that's that's a one. consensus thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be every single day, and we're, that's a consensus agreement between the three of us. Grossman gets on base, and Mazzara has be, had a pretty good bat, so I think you DH those guys on and off or just fill them in when guys need days off, whatever. And, Rabs, I completely hear you with the Miggy thing, but right now it's like Miggy's on the 10-day DL, and I'll tell you right now, that's probably going to get extended, right? Like, he's not – He's not coming back in 10 days and he's also going to be right. hurt throughout the rest of the season sprinkled in and out. So I completely agree with you at some point. I think one of these guys just has to get moved. That's the only answer and you don't want it to be a young guy. So it's got to be Mazzara or Grossman at the deadline. And so well, that's Go ahead, Colin. Sorry. I, Go ahead.
1: There, we also need to talk about Wilson Ramos so he fits into the DH thing, because you can't, you have to have him in the lineup right now too. Right. But I mean, we can talk about that in a little bit, but, um, I'm fine with Grossman playing. I just don't – I don't understand. And I'm fine because if you watch Jacoby's at-bats this year, you're like, dude, can you, like, not swing at every single pitch? Like, hey, hey, dude, like, some pitches are ball. And I know he's a low-walk rate guy, and that's probably why he doesn't play right now because Hinch is all into that advanced stats and analytics stuff. And there's a lot of bad at-bats from Jacoby. But for Grossman just to have the benefit of the doubt every day, I just don't get it. I, I won't get it. I, it, it and I just need more Victor Reyes. Like I, I, you can justify why Jacoby's not playing. You really have, can't because he's had bad at bats and stuff like that. Every time I've seen Victor Reyes, like. Like you said, Ravs, his batting average is like one twelve, but they're like good at bats. And he's
0: really, not getting a chance to hit either. Like, yeah. I don't care. He doesn't have to play. If you want Robbie Grossman in the outfield for his glove, fine. I guess like whatever, but Victor Reyes. Like, what did dude, he bat
1: last year? Like 300.
0: Yes. And that's yeah. why like, I like to a, a guy he's like so Victor stupid. Reyes, who's it. not, who does, who's not, he's not by any means a liability in the outfield. It's not like you're like, Oh, we can't play him. Like, to the point where I was like, Nick Castellanos, can you DH the guy or put him at third? Because he can't play the outfield or the field in general, but Victor Ray is coming off of the best year of his very young career. And now he comes like, he makes the team this year easily. No questions asked. Right. And like to not even get the opportunity to play has got to be so bad for your confidence. Like that's again, this is what baseball is. You got to be in the lineup multiple days in a row you get your rhythm under you you're getting at bats like you can't really emulate at bats and batting practice like you're not getting bullpens thrown at you and you get to go play simulated games during the season like it just it's just so ridiculous and and again I think a lot of it is Akil Badu came out of nowhere and like credit to Akil Badu and he deserves to stick in the lineup but if you're AJ Hinch like the Tigers have been doing this rebuild before you were here, bro. Like they found a nice piece in Victor Reyes last year. But if you're not going to give him the opportunity to hit, and then you're going to come talk to me at the end of the year and go, well, he's only batting 225. Well, he's got 50 less at-bats than everyone else on the team. Like I can't have that conversation with you. So back to what I said last week, I hope Al Avila, like if I were to have a conversation with Avila right now, and be like, dude, why is Mazara here? I would hope he goes – well, it's a guy that we saw value in that could add some 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 hitting to the lineup, and we hope to flip him for prospects come well, the five.
1: twenty-five. It's not like he's old.
0: Yeah, but like, is that a guy that is gonna play like do you really see Nomar Mazzara as like when the Tigers host hoist the World Series trophy that, like, man, Nomar Mazzara, the the sixth hitter and playing every day in right field batting two eighty? Like, that's not the guy for me. It no, I don't Reyes. I I
1: I get that. I get what you're saying, but I also – I I can understand the Mazzara, like, signing. Like, I didn't like it at the time, but, like, Avila's basically going – he had a lot of early success. He's 25. Let's see if we can get him. And, and he kind of, like, returns to some sort of form. You know what I mean? And then he looked like a genius. It's a low, like, low-pressure, high-ceiling type of guy. I get that. I just don't get – like, you're right with the Grossman thing. It's just, like, I – it just doesn't make any sense to me why Vitor isn't playing. It I'll never like you I, I I don't know I just don't know he plays a good right field I like his at bats every time he's in like he makes you work a little bit and, and regardless of his average I hate to be the old man like screaming at clouds he puts the ball in play I feel like all the time now and he used to be a high strikeout guy he's not like Jacoby, though know what I mean like he yeah. actually gets bad on balls so I <laughs> we don't need to like drag this on even longer than it needs to be because I think we all agree. But it just get Victor Reyes some at fucking bats, God.
0: You gotta gotta be a tough uh, tough goal for Christian Stewart, who's proud now probably realized he's never playing Major League Baseball for the Tigers ever again.
1: Well, he knew that after last year.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's all I got for Tigers. Uh, they, I, I will say too, I love when the Tigers can we, get.
1: Can we what? talk about Mize? I was gonna oh, say yeah. we gotta give Casey Jesus. Mize his flowers. He yeah, was I was say, whoa.
0: Sorry about that. Yeah, case that's or his first win. Boyd.
1: We should talk about Boyd, too.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Matthew Boyd has been great this year. I'll say it there. I know I don't – I want him. I wish he was gone, but he's been great. Got to give credit I, where credit's due.
1: He –
0: No home runs allowed this year. Knock on wood. Now we'll have uh, two leadoff home uh, next
1: game. His sliders, uh, He. I feel like he found it. Like, it is just so much better than what it used to be. And his stuff, I, his fastball is not whatever. But my, I just want to talk, Mize was He's awesome. Incredible.
0: He's, yeah, all, like, awesome. Did
1: awesome. you see Castellani's tweet of him watching the game when they're up six to nothing? Get a strikeout in the sixth inning. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was, was because so he wanted
0: awesome. him to get his if he wanted him to get his first win or like why he was so amped up, but that game was like in hand like the whole time.
1: It was right? so awesome. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite things ever. Um yeah, I he that's like if he's gonna be able to locate that splitter and fastball, he's a problem. Like a big problem. And that was the first time we actually got to see it on a major league level. And I was very happy. I just wanted to say that
0: his his like his stuff is gross. Like yes. it, when when his when he can like
1: throw him like
0: like when he can fa- locate his
1: fastball. He's a, he's the number one prospect like in this farm. Like you no know I mean? not he might be like the best player on the tigers when he can locate that <laughs> like fastball.
0: No, I don't disagree. I can't believe that was his first major league win because I feel like he played in a decent amount of games last year. I feel year, like he but...
1: pitched well last year in some games though.
0: Yeah, so who knows? I mean, maybe just it's just how things work. Like, I don't really get worked up over like pitching, like win losses, because it doesn't tell the whole story. But um, I wish I no, wish we could go great. back
1: to the day where it's like if you win twenty games, you win the Cy Young. Doesn't matter like what your ERA is. Yeah. Like, I, I, now we got Jacob to Drum, who like wins zero games, even though he's like throwing like one one hit, like one hitter. Yeah. Losing. I
0: do have I do have the Mets minus one and a half today because Stu Feiner gave it away for free
1: mulch <laughs> promises made <laughs> promises delivered yeah shout out the y'all love our baseball team go get them Troy tigers go get them tigers okay i had to do that i forgot to do it at the beginning of the segment Oh, well, that's okay we'll let you get it in um My but AD yeah he is hey. kicking in by the way sorry guys
0: Tigers, uh, will take on the A's this weekend. I love when the Tigers have like play West Coast teams like on the weekend. Like I can, I can definitely I it, get. Like I, I can do like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like I'll be up. Well, I don't – I think the Saturday game is like during the day, but Friday night, nine forty pit, like first pitch. I'm up for that. Like I'm, I'm watching the whole game. I'll be, I'll be in bed at two a.m. So, yeah. um, that's a series. Like, go win some games. Like they gotta win that series. They got, they got the A's pirates royals coming up then like you might see some trouble with the white Sox because they're like probably just a better team than you but like let's go like this is this is time to go on a tear here eat them up tigers go eat them up all right trifecta trifecta
2: trifecta thanks for coming coming at you from an rv in florida uh naples (laughs) florida let's go nice Uh, my first question my first oh it's a beautiful area my first question is do you prefer chocolate chip pancakes or blueberry pancakes? I don't like and chocolate and why or waffles, whatever. Yeah, well, Collins, go, I don't know. go to waffles and nothing, pancakes. Baby.
1: Can we switch the question? Does that oh, okay, do okay, want to? Okay, yeah, de- we
2: can switch the question. Would you, I want to have, a, de- I wanna have a decorum. Pancakes?
1: I want to have a decorum about pancakes and waffles. Um,
0: Colin, the decorum is not a thing.
1: Is it what does that mean?
0: Decorum decorum <laughs> is like, I think it's like having like respect, like Jim Caldwell used to say, like have a little decorum. I feel like you decorum is that, in a
1: conversation.
0: No, I'm going to look it up right now because uh, uh, here's the definition of decorum. Behavior in keeping with good taste and propriety etiquette.
1: Okay, fine.
0: So so having I'm a – decorum- I'm <laughs> going to continue to
1: say it. I'm going to continue to say it. My decorum on pancakes is that they're better than waffles. It just
0: makes, just makes no sense. I
1: that know. Whatever. No um, I don't care. Um, I – and I've had this conversation with my buddies. This is a conversation that everyone's had with their buddies slash like anyone a million times. Pan- a good pancake is better than a good waffle. Sure. I, I, and I agree. But waffles are safer. But I would never order a waffle at a restaurant. I would order pancakes at a restaurant. Rams,
2: what do you think?
0: yeah i don't i i've never been the kind of guy i will say where waffles are great or like when you're at a hotel and they have the waffle maker with you get the batter out of it like
1: that's Dude, when you money. get the batter all over like the table the side, though, yeah, the, yeah yeah it's you're like a god side. damn it
0: <laughs> yeah this. and you're trying to clean it up but the thing's hot as shit <laughs> yeah you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: you're
0: but like,
1: i'm like no now my waff- powdered eggs are not gonna taste as good i have a burnt hand
0: that's that's the waffle spot. I would give pancakes the edge over waffles. I am a chocolate chip pancake guy, but I will say I'm a blueberry muffin guy over a chocolate yeah. chip muffin. Oh,
1: an Otis Schnuemaker, blueberry bagel <laughs> all, all day. Otis knew what he was doing with those blueberry pancakes.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, but no, that's a good question. I, I even like for breakfast though, like. Usually, when I'm I'm usually like an omelet guy for breakfast, like I don't need like three pancakes, syrup, butter, like chocolate chips, and I'm just like done. Like I'm down for the count for the rest of the day. Like no one, no one gets, no (laughs) one gets like waffles or French toast or pancakes at breakfast and like can be productive after that. It's like oh, I'm just like it's like Sunday morning. I got nothing going on. My dad's picking up Leo's for breakfast. Like I'm just getting three chocolate chip pancakes and sausage and i'm just mailing it in for the day
1: dude but the thing about pancakes though i would just prefer a plain pancake and i i know i don't like chocolate and stuff like that but like i like i like blueberry i like banana i like all these things i would prefer just a plain pancake i feel like the syrup that's where you get a little creative you're like do i want blueberry syrup do i want like just straw like know what i mean sure okay good question all right Question number, well, you changed you, the it, was, question. it was your question. Clearly it, it was, wasn't.
0: You changed the question.
1: I was just patting was myself Collins on the back. Just patting myself on the back.
2: All right. Second question, What what's the best Pixar movie? Colin, oh. we, we kind of got into this, and then we didn't really flush it out. So oh, I want to get guys' thoughts.
0: Well, hang on. Well, first of all, that's a question that you got to send.
1: Like,
0: that's a question that you got to send, like, Weeks in advance, but I'm gonna. I just pulled up the list of all Pixar movies ever made. I'm gonna let you know, but go ahead, you guys. Let, let, let. Monsters Inc.
2: A, My pick is Monsters. I Inc. love that
1: pick so much, Trent. But I can't. I just can't in good faith go against Toy Story 2. I'm just a Toy Story 2 guy through and okay. through. Al's toy barn, just electric scenes. The Zorp <laughs> gets in the mix. Just a lot of ham, a lot of wrecks in Toy Story 2, too. And then you get Jesse in the mix. You get bullseye and yet that scumbag who's what's that guy's Spike? name <laughs> the prospect oh, guy the yeah fat the guy. prospector no well pu- oh dude. Pete? Yeah, stinky, stinky pete yes stinky pete stinky pete didn't lick my butt that guy stinks <laughs> but uh um and it's not newman from seinfeld it's all you could ever want in a movie for me yeah so. yeah i love toy story 2 i think it's the most underrated Pixar movie no one no, talks about part it.
2: Best part in that is when Al has to drive to Al's toy bar and he's like, Can't believe I gotta drive all the way to work on a Saturday It's right across the street. <laughs> it's like this Just, that's like the stuff you don't think is funny as a kid, and then when you get older and you
1: watch yeah. it, it's hilarious. I love Al. Yes. What a but movie. I, I
2: love I love Monster Zinc because I love Billy Crystal and, and John Goodman. I it's love a, it's Billy a great Crystal. cast. It's a great cast. Also, honorable honorable mention for me is the Incredibles. I Brothers love the is Incredibles.
1: Fantastic. What is your thought? Like the, the Incredibles
2: thing? is better than most like other superhero movies. Like it's like very good.
1: Trent, what is your thoughts on Monsters University? Because I think this is a, this is uh, a question. I didn't like
2: it. So funny. Didn't dude. like it. Okay. Well, I'm not, so it's not funny. that I didn't like it. It's just, it's not a staple. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't come close to Monsters, Inc. with a second Right. One. Like you yeah. couldn't touch it.
1: I, I don't know why they went prequel instead of sequel. Am I crazy? I mean, no, I don't
2: agree either. I think it's because they didn't want to further exploit the Boo concept.
1: Yeah, that's a tough, it that's a tough one to follow up. That could have been sick though if they did. Like, yeah, if but it away, like, the like whole, Boo's
2: th- like Boo's kid now
0: it, like has a monster. Like Sully walks into Boo's kids
1: room. No oh my god. That movie I just wrote a movie.
0: I just wrote a movie. I'm, I'm
1: not <laughs> I'm not kidding. When he, Sully has to say bye to Boo, uh like heart, oh, yeah. I, tears every time. Every yeah. time. Great yep. movie. Ravs, that movie. That movie is so full of
2: laughs. Okay, I, we, we don't have to get into all this, but like, dude, no, we Mike should. Wazowski. Mike Wazowski what is name. maybe the funniest Disney character ever invented other than maybe Jack Sparrow. Using mainly
0: spoons. Jack Sparrow? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we dig a tunnel
1: under the earth. They're
2: in the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: I, great stuff. I love Billy Crystal. That is such an old guy tape, though. So Yeah, huge oh, Billy I Crystal. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the one thing I love about Billy Crystal is that he's like a diehard Clippers fan. It's like the most random oh, yeah, thing know. ever.
2: <laughs> what that thing back where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> it's a musical. All right, Rabs. We got to get Rabs in the mix. What's the most? Okay, piece movie?
0: This, this might take me a half hour to get through. I have the list up here. Let me say first, back to my comment that I made last week about how incredible – human beings can be and how useless i am as a human compared to many people on this earth the people behind pixar i'm looking at the don't. at this list they have not missed once yeah no like yeah, they, know, they have
1: they have on what movie you go you go there's like a three-year period where it's like okay we got Tars 2 the good dinosaur Tars 3 and then like brave which i don't hate brave but like
0: I haven't seen them all. So, like
1: I haven't seen Cars three. Cars two and Cars three are borderline two of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh okay.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Then I'll maybe I'll I'll walk that statement back. A bit. Coco but rules I, though.
1: I love so. Coco.
0: Okay. So my my sleeper for movies that I did not think that I was going to like that I like when it when so I've never seen the Good Dinosaur, um, but I remember seeing like the trailer for Coco and I was like yeah like. Really, no reason to watch it. And my buddy during quarantine, when we were up at school, was like, Have you seen Coco? And I'm like, No. He's like, Dude, he goes, Watch this movie, and it's going to be your favorite Pixar movie you've ever seen. That movie is unbelievable. I'm not going to say it's so sad. I, I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but unbelievable movie. I also recently watched Soul, which is an unbelievable Pixar movie. But I'm looking at this list here. There's a couple things I want to point out. Number one, I think Cars, of all the Pixar movies, like I was so impressed with the animation in Cars of just like the attention to detail of like the cars flying around the track and you got the gravel picking up. Like that blew me away. I think Inside Out is one of the better movies that I've seen. No one
1: talks about it. From a story perspective, from a story perspective, it's, it's
0: fantastic. Ratatouille, from the setting to the like, Ratatouille is. An easy top three Pixar movie for me. Toy Story is a classic. I love all the Toy Story movies. Crying in Toy Story 3. But I will Finding have to Nemo. Say,
2: Finding I Nemo. I have to
0: say the best Pixar movie, hands down. Start to finish, the animation, the characters, the voices, the story. Finding Nemo is See, I, by, I far, by far. By far. That movie from the get-go, you're locked in. I gotta deal with the death and no, I didn't mean to spoil the movie for anyone that hasn't seen Finding Nemo. I gotta deal with the death in a in a in a fucked up fin three minutes into the movie and I'm already in shambles. And it just the movie it ends. Perfectly, and you go on this emotional roller coaster. It is hands down. And they, they like finding Dory. I don't even put it in the same conversation as like being a sequel to Finding Nemo. Like, I, they, to me, they're two separate movies, but Finding Nemo. Like, dude, that's the first movie of its kind. Like the animation of like being underwater and fish like talking. Like, there will never be another movie like that ever. You can't. You cannot replicate that. And like granted, you can't replicate really any of the Pixar movies. But by far, finding Nemo. Fuck.
2: Unreal. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Thank you. okay. Now our final question, this is gonna continue the Wally's uh, good too. People don't like Wally. Wally no, no, Wally, Wally was like, I don't yes, like it's Wally. It's-
1: well, it's better when you watch an album. As a kid, you're like, can we just fucking talk? Yeah, like, that's, what I, that's what I
0: hated.
2: I did not yeah, like it. Like, when like, Come it on. You just don't get it. Well,
1: okay, I was, dude,
2: yeah, th- th- to Collins' <laughs> point, when you're a kid and it's like, oh, no one's talking. What's happening in this movie? Incredible. But anyways, this is great. final question. Who is the best Pixar character? Oh, like my God. one character. Sully. It could be someone like Crush from Finding Nemo, like Obscure. Ooh, or it could be a main Frenzel. character Frenzel. like Woody.
0: Still
1: young. <laughs> uh, Collins, Kevin, who's the, the best? Kevin the dog from Up. I'm a big Kevin guy. Um, oh, wait, Ke- another
2: great movie. Up. Up, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wasn't uh, Kevin the name of the peacock thing? I thought it was the
1: dog. What's the, oh, the no, dog's name? Dog. Dog's
2: name is Doug. Yeah, it's <laughs> rules. Kevin's,
1: the,
0: Kevin's the peacock.
1: Uh, you're right. My bad. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with uh, Rex from Toy Story. I've, I love Rex. Rex All is right. hilarious. That's a good pick. That's why you love Toy Story, too. And Porcha. I love Porcha. Mr. Potato Head's no slouch either. I love him, <laughs> Don too. Don Rickles. Hey, it's yeah, just Potato I know. Head.
0: It's just Potato Head. Get with the times.
1: Sorry.
2: Potato Head.
0: Um, God, Mr. Potato best. Head
2: has a couple innuendos. He has a couple of great one-liners. That dude, he's a little humor. and you and You don't clone, get it <laughs> Yeah, that's good. All right, go for it. Best character. I would say easily the
0: most iconic would probably be like Woody. I would say Woody or Buzz are probably the most iconic. I think Forky is a legend from Toy Story 4. Like, he's got one movie but just will live in infamy. So, fun fact. I don't know if you guys saw this picture on Twitter, but – so, I don't mean to completely go off base. I'll come back to this topic, but – the uh, regional championship game when Novi played Livonia Stevenson in hockey this year, there was a, uh, a children's like learn to skate class going on the ice before us. <laughs> and someone, someone left a Forky figurine sitting on the boards next to the door where the guys like skate onto the ice. And we won that game 2-1 in overtime. So we, I took Forky and we went on the road when we played Trenton in the state quarters and I placed them right up there next to the bench for some good luck. And we lost, so I returned Forky to the front desk after that game. But Forky is hysterical. <laughs> I think Buzz, Buzz, like the thing about Buzz and Woody is like they they meant so much to you as a kid because like they just carried the whole Toy Story line. Um, I think Forky's the funniest. I think other good characters. I'm trying to look on the list. Marlin cracks me up from Finding Nemo. Like like years being years removed, like he cracks me up. Um, who else? I think I, I got a good one too. He's great.
1: Okay. I love Sully. I got a, I got, a, I, yeah, I got a great one. Great. Yeah.
2: Elastic girl. Elastic girl is so incredible. No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, no pun intended. She thick, she's though, no
1: Frozo. Frozo rules. She's,
2: she's badass. She's kick She's sassy. <laughs> she's, she probably has the best superpower out of all of them in terms of like usefulness. You got a thing like, for
1: elastic girl. Yeah, he does. Love does. Her. <laughs> love her. I, I love her. I love her. So weird. Yeah, weirdo. Okay,
2: wait, wait, wait. Also, Edna Mode from The Incredibles. That I rest my case. That that she's fantastic too. Frozo
1: is Samuel Jackson, right? Yeah. Yes. Honey, where think... is my super suit? That I is... think
0: <laughs> I think Forky is Forky is next level.
1: Mater from Cars
0: is Dude, great. Get out of my face! Oh, Mater yeah, stinks.
1: <laughs> get him out of my <laughs> face. So fucking good. annoying. Ah. A lot of f bombs on the show today. Yeah, you're yeah, that's up.
2: okay. I mean, I, I guess we could we could probably wrap it up. I don't think people want to the twenty three nineteen
0: guy up. from Monsters Inc. <laughs> <laughs> the guy
2: that gets what's drunk. his name? It's like it's like Vern or George.
1: Or <laughs> <like that>. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's hey, are you doing, George? He's got a cone on his head. the ba- the bombable <laughs> snowman. Whatever the yes, guy is, yes, he's good. He's great. He's good. I made snow cones. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They're lemon.
0: That's great.
1: Uh,
2: All right. So that, that concludes the trifecta. Great trifecta. Yeah. Great we, trifecta we should do a separate vacation. We got to do a whole separate pod just about Pixar.
1: Maybe like. Every the, week, a weekly, the, two days a week dive. Pixar pod.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pixar pod. There you go. I got, I got some movies
0: to watch tonight, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Nemo. I'm to watch Nemo again. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rebinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every single week, and we will see you next time.